Hi, my name is Meg Lamb. And I'm Walt Rogers. And you're listening to This This Isn't Isn't Working, Working. where we discuss relationships and how they can become what you really want. Meg and I started this podcast because we realized that our own internal stories were the only things preventing us from being happy, satisfied, and fulfilled in relationships. So if you're thinking, this This isn't isn't working, working, is it time for a change? Hi, uh, welcome to our podcast. This isn't working, and I would like to talk about something in our relationship that I feel isn't working, but really, it's just me exposing my... uh, my little boy, you know. So Megan uh, is a beautiful mother of three. Uh, I am past that stage, so I have uh, significantly more time on my hands. And um, when I feel disappointed because Megan can't do something that I really wanted to do, and uh, this particular instance. It doesn't matter what the instance is, but I'm going to say what this one was. This is interesting. We haven't talked about this yet, so I'm very excited. She doesn't like it when I chime in when she's talking, and she just did that. So uh, Walt loves it when I do it, though. uh, Yes, I do. So we met someone in Peoria, Illinois, who happens to be the conductor of the Peoria uh, Symphony, and he's invited to Ravinia to conduct the... uh, CSO. CSO for an evening of Tchaikovsky. I'm like, oh, man, I want to go to that. He said, just call me for tickets. So it comes on an evening, a Sunday evening, um, the day before of which her children start school. And she doesn't feel it's proper for her. And 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 return from a vacation with their father. Yeah, that's a little, con- a little so it's, context. So it's a one-two punch. And uh, she just says, I can't do it. I mean, it's just too much of a commitment. It's actually a choice. And I, I, I am owning that I am choosing not to go on that day because they will have been gone for a week and they will be going back to school the following day. So I'm saying, no, I, I'm going to choose to this- be at home with them on that evening. I'm, I'm choosing not to return home from Ravinia at 11 p.m. Okay, so, you know, August 20th was not working for Meg as a date. And so the key here for me is expectation. I had no idea that that they started school so early. It just wasn't something that I had foreseen. And so when it hits, it just triggers something in me. Again, we're, we're like, man, just get over it. But I just, the reason why we do this podcast is these feelings come up. And so I feel like, oh, she does not appreciate this relationship. She does not uh, choose for it. And I'm constantly uh, finding myself alone when I don't want to be. I'd much rather be with her. and I, It just doesn't work. And so what do I do? Do I go to gratitude about the times we are together and I know it'll work out and I know this love is wonderful and we will find some way that feeds each other? No. I don't do that. I'm like, I wonder if I should just find someone else who could like spend time with me. You know, of course, another woman. Uh, and I wouldn't do it per se uh, illicitly or, or underhandedly, but I would just get somebody else. You know what I mean? What does that sound like? I'm going to get somebody else. You know, if you're not going to play baseball with me, I'm going to go play. I'm going to go find someone else. 
is obviously a little child talking. Here's the key of what I've found, honestly, and the reason why I think this podcast is worthwhile is unconsciously, subconsciously, it's not the little child. It's a super supraconsciousness within me that senses that there might be a big change in our relationship and I might not be involved in it, that the relationship might end or evolve to being apart. There is something in that, that we have this super intelligence and then when we come across it, we just become a child because we don't want to just hold the feelings until we can figure out what's actually happening. Because of course, I don't ever, in my mind, I don't ever want to leave Megan. This love is what I've been looking for my whole life. So you can't go to a concert. So what? You know? There is, you have to say though that it's valid that you have these feelings of, you have to validate them anyway, I would suggest that you are disappointed or sad or I have feelings of rejection or I feel rejected. Even though that's not my intention, it's okay that you feel that way. And it's news to me that he has these feelings. I'm not surprised, but again, can he risk saying, oh my gosh, what? I didn't know that. I'm, oh man, what a bummer. I'm so sad. I'm so upset. Not expecting me to change my mind, but just then at least if I know that he has those feelings, I can support him in a way that that might be helpful. Without me saying, uh, how can I find someone new to replace you? Well, Meg, I'm sorry. If you can't go, then we'll I'm going to have to find someone else. I'm going to end this relationship. Now, that's another podcast in and of itself. When might be a good time to end the relationship? Yeah. So I uh, think, I think, uh, relationship. I think this is a tie into my super consciousness comment earlier is because, um, Megan is going through very large changes right now. She will most probably and most soon uh, move offices, change practices, all these major steps that she's always wanted to do. It'll be, a It'll be a beautiful thing. We're both very happy and proud and all of the things that you would expect. And also I'm like, where am I in the new Megan? Mm, and interesting. So... so the little child who says, well, if you're not coming on August 20th, then I'm not going to be in a relationship with you. I think that's a part of me who senses in the astral plane, you know, just that sixth sense. Right. Senses big changes coming in Megan's life and my own. And instead of facing it and fearing it and like, Megan, listen, uh, <laughs> I'm just a little nervous here. As a you know, childlike, not childish, but childlike, I'm a little nervous where I'm going to stand in the new version of you. Instead of saying that, I go child, you know, childish, and say, "Whoa, I'm going to leave." This is interesting, though, because we always say, and we both agree, that when we're saying we're seeing something in the other, it's really something we're seeing in ourselves. So I wonder also if you are sensing, well, where is Megan going to fit in my new evolution? How is my new version of myself? Like, how is the us, you and 
I, Meg and Walt, going to fit into your new life? Because you are actually going through large changes right now as well, significantly large changes. Yes, that's a challenge for me that I first heard. Thank you. I don't. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not asking for an answer. I'm just reflecting back what I'm hearing right now. It's a. It's a. I think for me, deep down, it's always a defensive mechanism to say Megan's going to leave uh, me, or you know, Megan can't be with me. Or maybe doesn't want to be, or life doesn't fit. Uh, do I have the courage to do what Megan just challenged me to do? Is say, okay, so what if that's a projection, which almost everything is? Mm-hmm. What if that's a projection? What would I ever have the courage to have a conversation with Megan about whether or not we can stay together through through a change or not, through a new change? I think we do have those conversations all the time when we are changing and evolving. When something has evolved in one of us or the other, I think we are constantly saying, okay, how does this fit into our life now? Do we want to pursue this? Yes. We always say that with each day we recommit to each other. With each day we have assessed that our relationship is uh, loving, gentle, and kind and supportive and is matching our our highest purpose uh, for our lives. Yes, we say that. But we've been saying it every day for five years, and could we ever say, no, actually not? That's where the courage comes in. And that's the scary part. You're looking at me like, hey, that's okay with me. That's hard. No, I'm not. I'm saying, is that a conversation you actually want to have? no. It's not. Because it's it's coming up a lot in this episode. (laughs) Yeah, but it's, what I'm saying is, like, I remember driving away from your house one day, you know, and saying, oh my God, what if I ever, ever have to live without this woman? I'll just fall apart. I have uh, graduated from that, you know, I'm, of course, still the same amount of gratitude and wonder about all that Megan offers me in my life on the other hand i'm like okay you know where will our lives go it's just that it's very frightening to think that there might be a time when we go apart always love her forever that part doesn't change but what if our lives change that we have to leave separate for some way reason. I don't know. It's just very frightening. And that's where maybe the, the, the child comes out and starts dictating, well, she's not spending enough time with you. So you should go find someone else rather than going to the more powerful conversation. What's happening in our lives? Where are we going with these, with these changes that we're having? I think You're touching on a very important subject too, which is that we entered this relationship and continually talk about how we always, like you said, will love each other and being in the moment and being present is key, knowing that if one of us chooses or we decide together that it is time to separate, we'll do it lovingly with support saying, this would be what's best for both of us. We know that at all times. So there's 
while we are absolutely committed to our own growth and the growth of the other through and in this relationship, we are also saying if that growth or commitment means I commit to moving on now and supporting you and moving on, then that could be a reality. Yes. Beautifully spoken, Meg. Wonderfully explained and absolutely frightening when you think that it might actually happen. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I mean, and, so I, I'm tapping into that. So in you, you're saying in you, it triggers this little boy response of, I'm going to go find someone else to play baseball with. In me, it triggers the response of sadness. Well, for me, this is how I run away. This is what I do. I run away by saying, I'll find someone else. And for me, something that isn't working or wouldn't work in our relationship would be if I let that sadness then dictate how I had to be different. And then I would try and be something that would be good enough for you um, or something that you wanted but really didn't fit with my life. Now I'm presenting you with an inauthentic version of me just so that you would quote unquote stay. That doesn't work. No. Ever. No. And it puts me in a bad place and you in a bad yeah, place. Then then I'm in a relationship with someone that I don't really know because it's it's not presenting as authentic. Right. And you're thinking this is why would anyone else why would someone think anything different, right? You're thinking, well this is who she is. This is exactly. how she wants to be. I have no way of knowing. I'm ignorant. Right. Because it's a complete facade. Right? It's a it's an act almost. Um it's a form of quote unquote manipulation in order to get you to stay with me because I don't want to be sad, so to speak. I don't want my inner child to be sad. I don't want to feel rejected or abandoned or neglected. So those are things in me that I have to address so that I'm not putting it on you or this relationship to make me worthy or desirable, so to speak. Yeah, uh, and that weaves such a complicated and confusing web that neither of us will know what we're doing at the end. Which, what weaves the web? You presenting yourself. Yes, just if I were so to do that. we will stay together. That right. kills it. As soon as that comes out, that would kill it. And you running away also kills it because I don't know that you're sad or disappointed. You're, yeah. You know, that then, and so I can't address that with you. I can't actually have that conversation. And maybe this is a, a male-female a distinction that carries to other relationships. But mm-hmm. my male response is, I'm not going to get sad. I'm going to act boldly and change it. You know, it may hurt. But, I would just run away and, and just freeze out. But my don't own you emotions. think, yes, exactly. Freeze them. I'm that's, not going to feel this. Right. That's I'm, what I was I'm, just going to say. I'm out of here and, 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 you know, not good riddance, but hey, this, let's let's end nicely. Goodbye. When of course I don't want that. I'm just afraid that uh, it might happen. It's so a way I make it happen. It's a way of avoiding. It's a way of avoiding your feelings. It's a way of avoiding. It would be a way of avoiding your feelings. It would be a way of talking or not having to discuss your feelings. It would be a way of just ending. Well, stopping. You're ending and stopping, but you're not really. Um, you're not really addressing oh, the problem. Right. For sure. But or the if, issue. But if I end the relationship, there's nothing to address. It's over. We're moving on. Right. So I'm saying that's a huge avoidance mechanism. Huge. 
Well, let's just say every time I run behind the door and, you know, hide my feelings, hide what I'm really going through, uh, that's what I'm doing. So, so let's have a conversation that we didn't have. Okay, well, my kids go back to school on the 21st. I thought it was the 23rd. And so I really want to be home with them on the 20th because they'll just be getting back from vacation with their dad. Okay, so uh, intellectually, of course I want to support you. One, you know, you're a fantastic I'm saying be vulnerable. Like, Oh, okay. Give me, you know, so intellectually, of course I want to support you. I love you very much. You're a fantastic mother. And... I will do anything to support that. Boom. Elect intellectual. Next thing is, ah, ah, that I really, this would be such a special evening for both of us. I am so sad about it. Couldn't you think of, you know, having them come back a day early from their dad's vacation and then the transition won't be so abrupt. Ah, I know. I'm sad and disappointed also because I was really looking forward to it. We made such a wonderful connection with that man in Peoria and we just have to walk away from it. I'm hoping actually that we don't have to walk away from it. I'm hoping that we can go on a different day um, and still enjoy. But he he won't be there. And still enjoy Ravinia and our time together. And I, while I would absolutely love to have the kids come back a day earlier, uh, the other thing that's happening is I'll be in Pittsburgh with my mom for her 75th birthday up until the 20th of August. Oh, wow. Oh, there's no getting out of this one. It's not happening. So now we see how I'm on the floor, but this is a great laying down. This is a great example of how. If I said yes to that, it would be totally me trying to piece all these things together in my life in order to keep Walt happy and satisfied. And while I want our relationship to be something that flows and works beautifully for both of us all the time, I would be pushing myself so hard. I would be exhausted. I would likely be resentful because it would be something I didn't really want to be doing because it would be such a push. You know, yeah. and and yeah. now I'm presenting, and then what? We get to the concert, and I'm exhausted, and Walt's like, "What the hell? Well, I thought this was going to be a nice night together." And I'm like, well, "You you didn't say the thing about your mother. That's that's also we're having the thing. conversation that oh. we we just began via text uh, three hours earlier okay. today. Well, yeah, that's a that's a double whammy. Who's going to fight that? I don't want you to land from a weekend in Pittsburgh with your mother to your kids coming back to. The CSO. Right. Right. And got it. And so the the thing that I want to point out here mostly is that it's a real risk for me to say that to Rogers. Like, I I really wish it would. I really wish it could work. I mean, I mean, the deepest part of me, I wish that this could work. I really want to go as well. I loved talking to George there. I loved our time together. I love going on dates with you. I love Ravinia. I love listening to beautiful music. And (laughs) and this time doesn't work for me, but it's a risk because I know, well, I believe that he'll be disappointed and I wouldn't be true to myself if I was saying anything or committing to anything other than 
what I've just told him. So strangely, my risk is to say, to admit to Megan, even though I am, you know, hugely disappointed, I love you more than this. You mean that much to me. It doesn't matter in the end. I, I, I often tell Megan, you have my heart in your hands, not as a, you know, caution or anything, but just say, I give you my heart. So my vulnerability is, it's okay, Maggie, I just love you. So yeah, I'm disappointed, but you can do anything you want and I will still love you. And that's really hard for a man to say. <laughs> and I well, get- for me, it's really hard for me to say. I wonder why, what's hard about it? Uh, I don't have any way for you to feel that uh, you need to do anything for me because I'm going to love you anyway. So what's my what's my catch? What's my what's my hook? I don't have any because I just love you and I am really vulnerable to that. There's nothing I can do to really earn your love. You, it's a gift from you, and it can go. And there's nothing if I pout. Will you love me more? No. But sometimes that's what I do. If I if, if I get angry, will you love me more? No. It's a choice from you. But I, I my mind tries to tell me that I do have ways to earn your love and basically, quote, make you, close quote, love me. It doesn't it, I'm not. I'm being vulnerable. Meg, it doesn't matter what you do. I'm going to love you. Mm-hmm. However disappointed I was, once that disappointment's gone, I love you. That's it. And then I get to come back and say things like, I wonder what we can, like, I wonder how else we can create a special evening. And I actually get excited about things like that. I love creating dates for Rogers and I to go on. I love thinking of new and exciting ways that we can spend time together. So while, yes, I am also disappointed, I'm like, okay, how can I now turn this into an opportunity for something new. It's not what we originally had anticipated it would be because, yes, on the way home from Peoria, we were both so excited about an evening with George. Um, the conductor. Yeah, the conductor of the PSO, the Peoria Symphony Orchestra, and he's been invited to conduct at Ravinia the CSO. So it is special. Um, and, and now... If I'm not going to punish myself for this, which I'm not, how can I make this work for me? Right. And if I'm not going to wallow in disappointment and lack of control over whether Megan wants to be with me or not or loves me or not, just surrender to it, how can I allow this to work its way out without judgment or disappointment or expectations? And I, I think for me, when, I, when I'm the one that's disappointed or has expectations or had an expectation that wasn't met externally, that's an opportunity for me to ask what part of myself needs to be cared for, how can I care for myself, or these feelings, how can I work through them without projecting onto Walt that he's somehow responsible, he needs to do it, yeah. that he's responsible for them. And not to be confused with, I can ask him for support in that in some way. Like, oh gosh, I'm so sad. Can we go have tea at Beatrix? (laughs) (laughs) That was good. Or, you know, like, can we go, can you read to me? Can we do something else, right? Like I might ask him for help 
in caring for these things without making it his responsibility that I have the feelings to begin with. To Megan's point of not projecting on the other, uh, hey, you got to fill my needs here. Uh, hey, I'm afraid that that this relationship isn't important enough for you to change your schedule to go uh, to the concert uh, with me at Ravinia. You know, instead of projecting that, yes, you can ask for support, but it's all on you with respect to your own feelings. You have to find a way, I'm talking to myself here, I have to find a way to just work through this. It's, it's again, that, that challenge of expectation. Oh, I really wanted to go, you know, but you're not. So now what? Right. And what do we make it mean when the expectation isn't met? Future podcast episode. What do we make it mean? What's the story that we're telling when, when the right. expectations the aren't met? So what wasn't working was for you. I didn't feel like you were paying attention to how important this could be for us and how fun. And can't we work some scheduling issue out? And what did it turn into? Me running away. But then ultimately, what is working? Well, what's working Instead is, of what didn't work. What, what worked is that I said to you, I love you and I don't really have any control over what you might or might not do and I will still love you. And that makes me feel vulnerable and I'm going with it. That worked for me to be able to say that to you. Right, because it creates a doorway. It creates a window of opportunity. And I have to be vulnerable to see, okay, how will she respond? A point of connection. Right, instead of trying to control. Right, how will she respond? She said, you know what, I really, yeah. But but you responded instead of like, I really think uh, it's okay that we don't go. You said, ah, let's see if we can find something else. Right. That's a woman who loves me. Right. And I, what, what wouldn't work for me would be if I tried to manipulate all the things in the day and make it all fit into August 20th when in actuality that's not what I want at all, which would be a misrepresentation of myself to Walt. So instead I risked saying, hey, this would just be way too much for me. And what can we do instead sometime? You are very important to me. And we are very important to me. And right, the us. The us that we have created the is us. very important. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening. Okay. Doing this podcast has given Meg and I the chance to face issues both on and off the air. Because it has challenged us to be more transparent and direct, the podcast has really strengthened our relationship. Are there topics or questions you'd like us to cover? What do you want to know about strengthening your relationship? Would you like to work further with us? If so, send us an email at meg at meglam, L-A-M-M, dot net.